Welcome back, guys. It's Mountain Meditations. So this is the second season. Uh, this is episode three. And as you know, we've started doing this thing where we pit two ideas and make them go at each other in a, in a versus battle. So what are we going to be and talking I, about today? Chris and I are we're big thinkers. You have to understand yeah. that. We're thinkers. Mm-hmm. We're both intellectuals. Yes. Uh, we're, de- we're both literate. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to believe that I'm not literate. What are we talking about? Um, well, you're going to tell us what we're, what we're doing today. All right, so we're going to talk about, uh, for lack of a better term, we're going to talk about the statue of limitations in a cultural sense. That's good. So, so yeah, so we were actually, we couldn't think of a title beforehand. It's and such, I just, yeah, it's such a weird thing. Like, it's hard to describe properly. Chris just kind of put me on the spot, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was hoping it would just come out spontaneously. Yeah, he, but he just so, decides... That's what he likes to do. He likes to try to embarrass me because he thinks that's funny. Like okay, sometimes we'll be talking to girls, we'll be like, "Hey, Tristan, read this," and I'm like, "Anyways, uh. so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna be talking about the fact that so what? Why don't we just go ahead and like lay out our our introductions? Right. right. So um, I'll start off if that's cool. Um, it's not, but go ahead. Okay. Well, so basically the entirety of my argument is going to boil down to people should be held accountable for their actions. So if we're talking about people in the media specifically who are getting called out for things that they did in the past, that's what this is going to be about. So, and you see this a lot and you've seen it a lot lately. There was a time actually when we saw it a lot with um, Democrats, for example, a lot of Democrat uh, Democratic poli- uh, politicians were actually outing themselves because there was a lot of this blackface in the past stuff going on. So a lot of them were revealing before they got, you know, because the the media is the judge, the jury, and the executioner. So if you've done something wrong in the past, they will find you and yeah, they will and kill that, you. That Ralph Northam guy that <laughs> wore blackface, he's still he's still around. Yeah. Nothing so, nothing happened. Yeah. No no he, execution, he a, I guess. He has a but, D next to his name. It doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> CNN will run defense on this. It's cool. Okay. You Have go you heard about the Russian your... collusion? Okay. So <laughs> so Chris, so I still believe people should be held accountable for their actions, but I think that there's a certain amount of leniency you can give under certain circumstances. Like uh take Obama for example, and uh this I think it's something that Obama did, something that he talked about in a book that he wrote, which I think sets a very good and healthy precedent for politics in the United States. Uh, uh-huh. Obama uh, admitted and was very clear that like in high school, he did drugs, as many people, or maybe it was college. And while he was still in school, he did a little blow, is what he mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that, because, well, I mean, I don't like that people do drugs. I don't, I think they should be, I think that most should be legalized, but like, I don't like them. Mm -hmm. But I think that the less that a president has to hide, that's just significantly less ways that they can be exploited. Like if he had become president, hadn't talked about that, and then somebody figured out and he, he would have to make a wild choice of like, do what they want or try to, and try to keep it under wraps or something like that. And that's, that's a situation that you don't really want a president to be in. So I like mm-hmm. that precedent. And I think things yeah. like that, like, look, I was a teenager and I smoked some pot or I, I did this stupid thing. 
I was a teenager then, I haven't done it since, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and you're upfront and honest about it, then that's one thing. It's another thing for things like uh, sexual assault, rape, stuff like that. I think at that point, uh, I don't think there should be a statute of limitations on rape if it's provable. Yeah, like if, I agree. It doesn't matter if it happened uh, one day ago, one year ago, 100 years ago. Yeah. I don't care. If you can prove that it happened, if somebody's willing to admit it, mm-hmm. go to jail. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'm glad we my, agree my, on that. My ideal punishment for rapists is execution, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so so I, do think, I do think that there is a certain, uh, and I, I guess I'm probably a little more lenient about this than Chris because I'm just so much stupider and I've done so many, so many more <laughs> dumb things. I think that there is a certain amount of lenience that should be given, especially when they're honest about it. Especially when they're honest about it. Because I think that's what, it really shows uh, a lot. I think it's, if you're honest about it, you just come clean. Mm-hmm. Then I think it shows that you're more likely to be reformed. And yeah. If, even if you don't reform, I mean, at least we know to stay away from you now, right? Yeah. Well, think, what, think about it like, this... think about it in terms of Louis C.K. Yeah, he did, he did oh, some yeah. horrible, horrible things. But at least now we know if he's in the dressing room, be somewhere else. And of course, I don't, I don't want that to sound like it's victim blaming. <laughs> but because it's, it's certainly not the victim's fault. But now we know. It's better to have a devil that you know than a devil that you don't. The more that you know about these kind of people, if you know where they are, it just increases your ability to okay. be, be away from them. Ideally, that's, that's what I would do. I'm not well, going to a room alone with Louis C.K., well, with Louis C.K., you, you brought up an interesting point. So now we can talk about should we have should we forgive him because it's all about context. There are things like, right. um, like what do we let him do now? Because I think the the media and society in general has been sort of trying to trying to come up with what are we supposed to do with Louis C.K. now? Like, do we do we like him? Do we let him come back? Like, so, is and does do these past things affect him as a comedian? Like. Do these do these things come into play? Because I've seen a lot of backlash for Louis C.K. trying to come back in to the uh, comedy circuit. Yeah, yeah. I actually there was a story about this where uh, in a, I believe it was a comedy club in New York had Louis C.K. come in as a guest. Yeah. And the thing that had well, the the problem was they didn't tell people that he was coming in as a guest. And uh, a lot of the a lot of the women that were in the audience were, I would say, very understandably upset. And, yeah. Um, you know, because it's there's two things here. A, he's a potentially dangerous person. He was honest, but he was honest about being dangerous. So he's a potentially dangerous person. So you shouldn't just uh, let him come into clubs. And the, the, the second part was that the club wasn't upfront about it. Now, if there are women who decided that that wasn't important to them or they were still uh, they still decided that they wanted to support his comedy, that's a whole other discussion. But right. the big problem was they didn't tell the people coming that Louis C.K. was going to want to be there, was going to be there. Mm-hmm. If you want to boy- boycott Louis C.K., that's absolutely your right. I yeah. n- have never been to one of his shows. I've watched some of his Netflix specials. He is a mm-hmm. good comedian, but I, he is funny. I, I'm not going to, I don't want to support him right now because I, it's just morally not my thing. So and when when do you support him? When When so is it okay to I, support him? I support him. Uh, when he makes amends and when his victims, uh, not when his victims give the okay, but when his victims do believe and will say that he has adequately uh, gone under 
the terms of reconciliation for what that's he's interesting done. so uh, you think it's about the you would you would leave it up to the victims how do we decide i think that? i think that they are well i think that they are like the most affected i think and i think that there is some room for like flexibility in there it's like if the uh, you know victims can't always be objective and they can't uh, you know I don't know if I'd ever really want to see Louis C.K. after what happened. I do think he's a good comedian. But, I, you know, it's just like I was saying, for these kinds of things like sexual assault, there might not be that kind of flexibility that I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. Maybe not. It, it really depends. I don't know the full story. That's a big thing. I don't know the well, full story. Okay, I don't so know the range What I know about it, it is basically that he had, you know, obviously he was masturbating um sort of at i don't know how else to say this at certain women and the 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 complaint has been that they would say yes he would would ask them beforehand and they would say yes but But. the complaint now is that they were under the pressure of him being who he is louis ck and he was using that to sort of mentally overpower them i would suppose is how you would say it and that they would feel intimidated to say yes to it it's very hard to draw that line yeah that's a great area and and for the women because it's like i I feel like you know maybe an up-and-coming female comedian she doesn't want to upset one of the big boys up top and that's a really that's kind of that puts her in a almost unwinnable situation, right? I, but or you gotta stick where, to your guns. I feel like, like if yeah, you're you, if you're in that situation, like I feel like you need to stick to your own. If you're uncomfortable with something, I know it's it's easy for me to say this now, sitting in my living yeah. room with nothing around me. But like, I'm thinking of this logically. I'd say like, you you need to stick to what you know. Like, and yeah, I guess your career being at stake would definitely change the way things are, but. I don't know, because that's the thing about consent. That's bringing up things about consent is that they didn't like it, but they said yes. So it's like, do we fault him for that? So so coming coming under terms of consent, we do, you know, consent isn't always as black and white as yes and no. Sometimes, a lot of times it is, and that's fine. But sometimes, you know, uh, for example, consent manufactured under coercion of violence, that's not consensual. Somebody puts a gun to your head and says, do this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Then it's a kind of an extreme example. I don't. Yeah. A little bit. I've, yeah. Uh, but that you see what I'm saying yeah. when you start to use, when you start to coerce people, when you start to throw maybe other things on the table and those things that you're throwing on the table, like for example, like prostitution or something, do this with me and I'll give you money. You could say that's coercion, but it is more consensual because the women is agreeing to that stipulation of payment yeah. right. or, uh, intercourse, but yeah. but when you get into those kind of weird power dynamics, I for one like I hate the whole the whole postmodern nonsense ideas of power of just this weird abstract concept that we can't define and we can't quantifiably prove. But these people have it and they're the bad guys, and these people don't have it and they're the good guys. It's silly, but there is there is room for that in kind of like a, like the Bill Clinton Monica Lewinsky case where he's the president. And where yeah. Louis C.K. is famous, so yes, it was consensual, but was it morally righteous, and was it uh, was it the right thing to do? So I didn't know it was consensual. That's actually new news to me. I was assuming that yeah. he kind of like got them into a corner and then just whipped it out. 
See, that, that's another thing that I think happens a lot. And I'm going to talk about the, the James Gunn case. I, I think, figure, yeah, that's not one. case, but we, should, we might as well bring this up because it's definitely going to be a part of this. So, like, I, I feel like I disagree with everyone on this because all the comments I've seen, especially from conservatives, cons- conservatives love this, like, it's in the past. We forget about it. It's yeah. in the past. And then you read through James Gunn and his tweets. And obviously, if nobody knows about this, which I'm sure pretty much all of you do, but basically he made some um, very questionable tweets. And I I say that, so I'm going to read some of them because I think this is the problem. This is how we got here is that I I think this is a problem with this uh, certain scenarios that most people haven't read the tweets. They were just like, hey, um, he said some questionable things and now he's being fired from Disney. Also, he's being hired back. So, you know, happy yeah, ending, he, I he's guess. Being, but he's being allowed to work on Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, so here's one. Um, I want to go big game hunting, but no, it's morally questionable. So I'm going to split the difference and go big game raping. All right, next one. I like it when little boys touch me in my silly place. Okay, next one. Uh, I, I'm doing a big Hollywood film adaptation of The Giving Tree with a happy ending. The tree grows back and gives the kid a blowjob. This hotel shower is the weakest ever. Felt like a three-year-old was peeing on my head. So what you get is like, oh, those were in the past. That's crazy. You know, like, why are we bringing this up now? What does this have to do with, you know, because when we talk about context, it's like, what does that have to do with his job at Disney? What does that have to do with him directing movies? Um, And then you have to take it to context. Disney is a family company. And so what they're going to do is is it, once it's come out to the public, they have to react appropriately to that or else they're going to get a lot of flack. And so I feel like if you're sitting around with your friends and like your friend makes this one comment about like little boys and like, you know, everyone's like, well, uh, haha, you know, we're all laughing about, huh? And then he does it again. And then it's like, okay, why does he keep... <laughs> what's going on here and then there's a third one and and then you start to think to yourself is there like a limit on like pedophilia jokes before this gets weird and then we talk about how far it is in the past and you think to yourself wait a minute this man's 52 years old right now 10 years ago this man was 40 years old making jokes about little boys peeing on him and like that i think that really puts it into context because this isn't just like this isn't the beta o'rourke uh, situation where he was writing about killing people when he was like uh, in high school, which I think that's obviously a different case. But I, I think that that's that's interesting because that's him like being sort of like an edgy teenager. I think we can we can sort of say that like your age is going to matter in these situations, not just the time, but like who you are as a person. Um and then we look at this man, he's 40 years old. I don't know. I think it was a good decision, and that's where I disagree with most people. I think Disney firing him, I think they did the right thing. But then they brought him back, and here's where I sort of am like, you know what? This is okay, because what happened was the people decided. You know, all of the people he worked with, they came together, uh, they wrote a, they signed a petition, you know, Tons of people on the internet signed a petition. Everyone was like, hey, bring James Gunn back. We love him. He's a different guy now. And now he's back. So I sort of like the way the story went here because we got to get the people's vote. Everyone was like, hey, it was weird, 
but now we've all collectively decided like he's a nice guy let's bring it back so i i agree with their i agree with both things that disney did here in that they fired him and then they rehired him because i think those were both good decisions if that makes sense right so i think that in these kinds of situations you need to take all the variables into account you you referenced uh, james gunn's age versus beta rourke's age and you yeah. uh, you reference all that kind of stuff and the yeah. the big thing that pops out to me is that these do seem like jokes to me they they seem like jokes and even if they seem like jokes and once you start like you have this this idea of the joke police where it's like okay these jokes are chill and these jokes are bad and you can make these and you can't make these once you have that sort of thing hey it, it doesn't work those those jokes that you've decided aren't aren't cool those are just going to become more popular because people are naturally just dickheads and they're going to do the thing that people don't like because to them that's funny and it it sets just a a, a horribly like puritan precedence where it's there is some kind of paragon of truth and morality out there that has the ability to decipher the, the realistic laws of what is good and evil in this world, and they also can decide which jokes are good and which jokes are bad, and they have no sorts of biases whatsoever. But and we have that. Well, We actually we? have that. That's society. Like, as a society, we have, des- we have deemed some things as, as weird and inappropriate, and then we've deemed other things as, like, okay. And, of course, well, there's going to be context as a part of this, but, like, to say that we just let all jokes just go... It's kind of weird, especially jokes that aren't funny. These aren't okay, funny jokes. Like, none of them are funny at all. So Okay, to, one to, of them was funny. Okay, The, the but three-year-old to, peeing to, on your head was pretty funny. To be, to, to say that, like, we can't have a knowledge of what is acceptable and what isn't, I feel like, because I would agree if we were talking about the law, because in terms of the law, that would be idiotic. If we were arresting him... If we were saying you, you know, if this was a free speech law and we were like, okay, the kid jokes are illegal, but like, you know, the rape jokes, those are okay. You're fine. You know, that's weird. But if we have it as a society, because society does have these unwritten rules and it depends on the society, obviously, and it depends on who you're talking to. But in general, we do have these rules where it's like, especially if you make a joke multiple times, I feel like if one little kid joke would have been like, okay, like weird but okay. And then it just like kept going. I think at that point we can all sort of agree as a society that that was wrong. Okay. I don't think that telling jokes is wrong. And when you, when you start to reference these, these grandiose nebulous concepts like society, okay, which society American society, because American society, well, it's the best. It's not even close. Fuck all the other societies. But American society, I mean, which portion of American society? Is it inner city American society? West Coast? East Coast? Does it have to do with culture? Like, where are we drawing the line here? Like, where, where does, what's like the quantitative objective, like, what's the quantitative objective bounds of society? And what are those bounds agreeing on and disagreeing on? Because society, because well, society, especially in modern times, you know, things... There, there are some very polarized things. I would say, this is my hot take, that the fact that a lot of society has recognized abortion, 
would be shows that society because I, I don't think that killing babies is good. And I think a lot of people would just would agree with me. And, you know, once once you say that, like, OK, society decides on these some things are good and some things are bad. It's like, yeah, OK, society at one point decided slavery was OK. Society at one point decided that Jim Crow laws were uh, more OK than slavery. Society still today, I mean, like uh, female genital mutilation, male genital mutilation is a thing. Circumcision is still a big thing in society today, and it's, it has no medical benefits whatsoever. It's just male genital mutilation, and it's very widespread in the United States. Once you start getting that, it's like, well, society thinks this is okay. Well, I don't think society is okay if they think that's okay. I don't think society is okay if they decide, okay, we can't use the government to hurt people that make jokes that we don't like. But we can use the media, and we can use a mob mentality of just like riding into Disney and be like, fire him. And once, once you get into that, you're the next guy on the chopping block. Because you were talking about something earlier where you said, okay, your buddy makes one pedophile joke, and that's fine. Yep. He makes a second, and it's less fine. Then he makes a third, and that's not fine. Is mm -hmm. three the line? Can you make three, and then you just can't make another pedophile joke ever? Is it day-to-day? Are day you to day? honestly there... acting like you cannot see the difference between one pedophile joke and 20 pedophile jokes? Like, are you really saying that? No, I, I can see the difference, but I don't see... What's, you're, where's the you're, line? You're what's making the this, like, in, increasingly technical. You're saying we have to... I have to make a number, okay? What, what? It's not okay. as if something we, like, we all decide on. When you walk into a room and you say rape is okay, or you say something like that, well, like, don't we all thing as a joke. But, but, and then you say, ha it was a joke, but everyone, like, just if 90% of the room got offended, then you were not funny, and you did not do a good thing. Yeah, I'm not pretending like he's funny, I'm not pretending like he did a good thing, but I'm also not gonna pretend like the mob mentality of take this man down, because he has gone over the number, which I still don't know is okay, because where is that number? Can I make two and it's chill? Okay, what I'll if, give you what if I make, three and a half. Make, How about that? Three and a half pedophile jokes, Tristan. Let's go what with if that. I make, what if I make four and they're all funny? Does that factor into it? What, what, don't what you if understand? Five, what if I make five, but they're not so bad? It's just kind of like... So can you not read a room? Can you not, like, can you not walk into a room and feel I the can't energy read of the book, room? When Chris? you're with your friends. When you're with your friends, you can make certain jokes. And then when you're on Twitter talking to the entire world... There are some things that you shouldn't say. Yeah, sure, there are some things that you shouldn't say, but there are also some things you shouldn't do. And one of those things is acting like a mob and deciding somebody should be punished uh, extrajudici extrajudicially for making tweets you don't like. If I go to Target, when, when I go to my job, I clock in and I yell the N-word in the middle of Target, they have the right to fire me, and that's okay. And yeah, that's Disney, the as the biggest, one of the biggest companies in the world, as a quote-unquote family company, has the right to fire James Gunn when he's talking about kids peeing on his head. Yes, they like, absolutely, How is that so they, hard to understand? They, abs they absolutely have the right to do that. I'm not arguing with that. My point of contention lies with the idea that like the I it's 20 minutes the idea of society <laughs> all right we'll be back with that in just one second i'm going to go with a quick advertisement do you want to hear my opinions do you want to hear my opinions about movies do you like pretentious people telling you which movies are good and which movies aren't does the word does the word and i wasn't i wasn't done does the word entertainment agitate you. 
Do film critic can film critics suck your dick? <laughs> then tune in to Mountain Meditation <laughs> to Movie Meditations. First episode coming out this week. If my computer hadn't corrupted all my files, it would have been out now. F. Uh, F mega brother. F's in the chat, everyone. Movie, please, for movie meditations. Computer. Movie meditations. Season one, episode one. The Shape of Water. Oscar bait in theory and practice. I'm excited. I'm not. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, we were yelling about how you can't put a number on pedophile jokes. Can you? <laughs> I, th- I, I think that number's eighteen. I think we need to. I think we need to draw it back in because yeah, what like, what we've been find, arguing ab- about find, is find like, some common ground. Yeah, because I've I've what my point has been is that there is like. So you you mentioned okay, let's start with the media thing because you mentioned a media like taking the mob taking someone down. Yes, and we like have that. to remember that the the media is corrupted. I think that these kinds of things is, can be handled by the freedom Disney to do internally insane things like that. But we also, with democracy, uh, you know, that's kind of in our society. We mostly have uh, democracy, and most of the the things that we do, for example, in like what we support. The movies that we go see, um, the music that we listen to, all of that, we, we show with our dollar. So if we don't like something, then we take our dollar and we keep it. But if we like something, we hand our dollar to them. And that's a beautiful system because what that does sure, is it, I, it I decides at, in general what is good and what is bad in terms of us as a society. So... If we do not like the way that James Gunn has been treated, what we do is we do what exactly what happened. Everyone signs a petition, and as a mob, we're like, hey, Disney, screw you. You did the wrong thing. Ta-da. Now he's back. So what we saw there was the mob making, in your opinion, what would be the right decision. I don't. I wouldn't say that's the right decision. Uh, I mean, for movie-wise, I thought the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies were good. Oh, was yeah. It the they're, best they're decision, good movies. Was it the best decision to represent Disney as a family company? Probably not. If he's, if he's going to that's make jokes... That's what I've been jokes, saying. If, but, but... So if he's going to make jokes that are clearly intended for an adult audience, then maybe he shouldn't be working for a family company. But, and here's the thing, you can't trust society with these kinds of things. Because morality in society only goes in so far as whoever can be the most pervasive at the time. So, if society isn't inherently moral, and democracy is definitely not inherently moral, two wolves and a sheep deciding what to have, voting on what to have for dinner, that's democracy, and that's a society. But that sheep has certain rights to not be eaten. And you can take that analogy every one. I don't think democracy is that kind of a system. That's why I love America so much. It's a constitutional republic, and that's right. dope. So when you get down to like the idea of like, so society, society did it right this time. It did it right this time. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. You know, they made a mistake, and they maybe rectified that mistake, whether or not it's for the good of the movie and the bottom line for Disney versus their image as a family company. You, you could talk about that for a pretty long time. But when you come down to the bottom line of, okay, 
Just put your faith in a mob and just hope that they make the right decision. That's, that's a foolhardy decision. Once you start getting into that area, it's like, okay, I think the society will get this guy before they get me. I think I'm far down the line because there's, no there's no one untouchable by society. Absolutely no one. It doesn't matter how wholesome and how great of a person you are and how you're just the perfect public speaker and everything you do is so nice. You could be Mr. Rogers. You could be Bob Ross. You're still, you're still in line because there's always going to be somebody who is just vindictive enough to get you. And the only way for that vindictive person to not get got is for him to get somebody else. The only way for him to not get punched is just tell everybody, get that guy, hit him. Don't look at me, get him. And when you start going into that, it's going to be a lot of finger pointing. It's going to be a lot of lost jobs and it's going to be a lot of frenzied, feverish, uh, horrible rhetoric. It's like if you ever make any joke that is bad, then you get fired. Or if you ever make any mistake and going on to like reading the room, that kind of thing. I understand that like if you go into Target and you use racial slurs, you get fired. Right. Or if I go if I go into wherever I work and I use racial slurs, I get fired. And that's perfectly reasonable. That's their right as an employer, that's the right thing to do. You shouldn't have those kinds of people uh, working for your company. Mm -hmm. But I, I bring it back to like, I bring it back to the idea of like society and like reading a room. Yeah, I can read a room decently. I don't claim to be the best at it, but some people can't. Some people are autistic. Some people have Asperger's. Some people have legitimate problems with that. And I don't think that they should be punished for that. Now, I don't think there's, there's certain lines that I won't cross. There's certain lines that I won't cross, and that's stuff like the Louis C.K. stuff with sexual assault that we talked about earlier. There's certain lines I won't cross. When you get into jokes, that's a cultural kind of thing that just hits a little too close to thought police. Obviously, it's not governmentally ran, but in East Germany, uh, during their communist occupation, one out of every three people was a government informer. Yeah. The people... And the citizens are just as much a part of the state and can be just as destructive as the state. So it, we don't need, you don't really even need the government. In certain situations, you don't need the government to instill some, to take away somebody's rights. You don't need the government to do that. You just need some people who are very angry and very passionate about this sort of thing. And when you start doing it on jokes... This is where, you know, they, they are jokes and some jokes are bad and you can vote for that with well, your wallet. What's the difference between a, a right and, for example, a privilege? It's a privilege to work at Disney. And that's the thing is like it's a privilege for me. Well, not really, but it's supposedly a privilege for me to work at Target. So it's them saying, hey, we trust you as a, a you know, an employee we're saying, here, you can work at our place, we'll hand you money, and you do a certain thing. And this is what James Gunn was doing. And then he lost that privilege. He didn't lose a right. He had no right to work at Disney. He has a right that. to work that. wherever he wants to, but he's not entitled to anything. He didn't lose anything that he was entitled to. He didn't lose his rights of any kind. He wasn't arrested. Um, anything like that. So I think as long as... I get what you're saying. I'm going to acknowledge that. The fact... I, yeah, yeah. I understand that... There is a slippery slope. We can lead ourselves down if we let the mob take over. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, as long as you're not losing a right, your God-given human rights, I really 
don't think that losing a privilege for something. Well, let's let's bring up more examples. Like Liam Neeson, I thought was a good one. I like this one. Yeah, a lot. that was wild. Shit. See the the reason I like this one is because um we can all agree that what he did or what he wanted to do was wrong. Very bad. Yeah. So basically, Horrible. what happened is um he had a friend that was raped by a black man, and so in his rage, in his fury. He said that he would go out and sort of he wanted to start a fight with a black man. And so the thing I like about this story is like. And he, he, and he wanted to start a fight so that he could kill them. Right. And because he, he wanted he to believe that it was some kind of yeah, retribution. Yeah. And so the thing I like about this is that it gets to the core root, I think, of what makes people racist is this like this bigotry, this assuming that you know you're you're mad at an entire race of people just because of something one person did and when we think of people as individuals you know obviously that fixes that but so he moved on he said and he admitted it too he told someone that it's not like we dug this up yeah. from the past cuz how could you have done that it was all in his head he never acted on it and so we i think we've all agreed i haven't seen anyone who has said like you know Liam Neeson needs to lose his job, anything like that. He said, you know, he's moved on, realized this mistake. And so I think that's why I like this. And that's what I was going to talk about is the fact that I like that these things get brought out because we get to learn more, not only about Liam Neeson as a person, but we also get to learn more of, of like a society. We can view why, um, you know, racist tendencies tend to come out and why bigotry comes out in certain people because of situations like this. So I like that situation. And I think we can, you know, all agree that, but there were no repercussions is the difference here is that yeah. I don't, not that I can think of Liam Neeson hasn't really lost anything except yeah, no, nothing. So here's, here's what I think is going to be like my, my idea of a, a realistic, like wrapping to my argument. So we, I referenced like a number. It's like, okay, how many pedophile jokes can you make for it's okay? And then I referenced, okay, how many pedophile jokes can you make for it's okay if they're all funny or if they're all not that bad or stuff like that. And the point that I'm trying to make is that you can't have that. There is no number. You can't have a number. And if you try to decide on a number, it's not going to work out. We have a certain amount of years you go to prison if you break certain laws. And those numbers are... You know, they're not always quantitatively defined. And we, but, and the, what we do have is an individualistic system. You have a jury of your peers deciding, and then a judge, you have an appeal system. And I think that we can have something similar, uh, not in a courtroom, obviously, but maybe something similar within the general cultural mindset. We can take this on an individual level. Now, we understand that, like, Liam Neeson, he was legitimately contemplating murder. Right. Versus, and he, there's nothing funny about no, that. No, not at all. James Gunn, James Gunn, you could say he was signaling he was a pedophile. You could say he was just telling jokes. You, you could definitely say, okay, James Gunn, was, James Gunn was just trying to make people laugh. Liam Neeson was not. He was legitimately uh, a potentially very violent person who could have just found an innocent victim and gotten him. Mm -hmm. And being that this was a while, this was like, what, the 70s or the 80s, I think this happened? Probably. Being at that time, you know, as much as society, as society has progressed, it wasn't like this uh, in the 70s or 80s. There's a serious chance you could have just gotten away with it for some reason. 
because he's a white man who murdered a black man. And that's horrible. But, and once you have that, so we take this just on an individual level. We can't define, we can't do that. We can't have a universal number. This is how many jokes you can tell before this is okay. This is what you can say that is funny, and this is what you can't. You can't have that. And you can't have the mob trying to decide what that is. Because the mob can be just like Liam Neeson. They're angry people that have bad things to happen to them, and they're just looking for something to hurt. And we agree on that. So I think that the best thing to do is just take it on an individual level. Get all the facts. Wait a while. Try to look at it as objectively as you can. I'm not convinced that you even can be unbiased all the time. I know I'm not. I'm I'm very biased. I admit that freely. You can ask me what biases are. I don't care. I'm proud of them in some senses. And you, you have to take this on an individual level. There is no methodology to decide who can uh, do what at what time without some sort of arbitrary and recompensed uh, system to it. So when you have this sort of thing, when you have James Gunn, you know, people can decide. It's like what it, well, the signal was that like, look, if you put James Gunn back, we will give you money. And that's Disney's bottom line. And Liam Neeson, after he made his comments, uh, he, I, I remember his movie, like, it lost a lot of money. It, it was in the red. Like, they lost money on that movie. And that was people, as they do, as they beautifully do in this wonderful, amazing system we call capitalism, which is both the most moral and effective economic system the world has ever seen. They voted with their wallets. They don't want to see somebody who would go down that dark of a path. They don't want to support that. And they were okay with James Gunn and his comments, which could be jokes. And so you, you have to take this on an individualistic level. You have to find your center, find whatever piece you can. Be, don't be unbiased. Be honest about your biases. I'm not going to pretend like I can be unbiased, because I can't. I'm a biased person, but I'm upfront about my biases. And that gives what you say credibility. Okay. Um, my turn, I guess. So, yeah. your comments about the mob rule, I agree with like 70% of them, I'd say. Because... Another hard number. I understand. <laughs> I, I think you... I think you don't understand what I'm saying. Maybe I'm not explaining myself well enough. But well, let, me, let me listen to you better. When you take society as a whole you know i talk about reading the room i think we all and you 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 said i am using a magical term like society which is very general i'd say it's a population uh human beings you know like americans and it gets it gets smaller as we go on and yes things change and yes you have to keep that in mind as a person where you are i know this is a tough concept but where you are you're gonna have to note Okay, what's the context of this situation? Okay, I'm on Twitter. Okay, I'm talking to everyone in the world, basically. Anyone can see this. Should I say this? No, probably not, you know, depending on what it is. And that, that's the funny thing, depending on what it is, because you said yourself, we do have these lines that we draw. We all know that there are some lines there. And like, for me, for me to get technical with you, like, for example... And say, well, what are those lines? Like, what can we do? Like, uh, that 
that is being unnecessarily technical about something I feel that we all we all can somewhat understand the fact that context does matter. For example, I was going to bring up the Kavanaugh uh, hearings because right. this is when the law does get involved. And this is when you can ruin someone's life. And because this was going to be the crux of my whole argument that as long as the truth is coming out, I do not see an issue with bringing up things from the past because we all decide what to do with that information. For example, with the Kavanaugh thing, you know, it's a little complicated. So, <laughs> um, so when this that, that's came another up, podcast. when this came up, I, I thought to myself, you know, and I saw a lot of people saying like, why is this coming up now? You know, why is this coming up 30, 40 years later? Why, why are we seeing this now? And I thought that was interesting because like you said in your introductory statements, um, you know, rape, especially something like gang rape, doesn't really have a statute of limitations. Like we, we, for us at least, it's hard to say like, oh, he was a kid, you know, yeah, he raped someone. Yeah. So if this had come out as true, if this had been proven, I don't think any of us would have wanted him holding a position of office. And yes, we have to Absolutely. keep into context that the position is what matters. For example... I, I can't think of another thing, but like something as high up as being in the, the Supreme Court. So you're going to want people. Well, in theory, we want people who are moral, <laughs> but, you know, so to, to find out that someone has done something so violent and so disgusting in their past, we wouldn't want that person being on the Supreme Court, you know, in theory. So everyone. But here's what happened with the situation is, is that. We weren't shooting her down. When Dr. Christine came forward, which was sort of reluctantly, and that was suspicious right off the bat, we, we said, hey, tell us. Tell us your story. Like, come, let's do a hearing. Let's hear your side of the story. Let's do an investigation, all that kind of stuff. And what ended up happening is, like, you know, she was very secretive about it. Um, you know, some details we found out, the story had been hidden for months, actually. Um, and changed. And changed multiple times. And the people that she said were there actually said that there wasn't even a party at all. Um, you know, just random stuff like that. So my whole point being, <laughs> I don't think that it's a bad thing when we hear these things from the past. Like when we hear that, you know, Abraham Lincoln thought that black people shouldn't even be citizens and that they shouldn't intermarry with white people. When we hear about Martin Luther King saying that gay people had a mental illness and that needed to be fixed— when we hear about stuff like that, like we want to, we, it doesn't really ruin anything. Like we have their legacies and we know what they did that that's good, but then we can also acknowledge the fact that there is bad in these people. And there are things that given the context and given society at that time, there are things that people thought and people did. So I don't think there's any harm in us knowing these things. How we react to it is where it gets, you know, it gets crazy. Um... I forgot my whole point, but basically that's it. I don't know where to go from there. I can't believe we actually fought in this podcast. <laughs> we had an actual disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it, guys. Mountain um, meditation. We didn't really come to a conclusion, but we, we yelled at each other. And, and if you want to we... agree with either of us, you can do so in the comments. Yeah. Show your mob support yeah. for whoever mob, you think. Mob that's the our YouTube, YouTube channel with support. Yeah. Um, 
thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye.